Mac Power Users, Episode 166, Siri and Dictation. Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Power Users Podcast. I'm Katie Floyd, alongside with David Sparks. Hey, David. Hi, Katie Floyd. You're not going to, that's not going to get old, is it? It just works for me. I can't help it. Yeah. And I, I went through again, the feedback in every email. Hi, David and Katie Floyd. Hi, Katie Floyd and David. So that's okay. Some people are, are taking it to the next level and they're, you know, saying hi, David Sparks and Katie, because that's, you know, the, they're, that's they're their way of objecting to my, you know, my thing. I don't know. That's fine. I'll take it, though. Yeah. I, I can take it. But I'm excited about this show because this was one that I pitched, gosh, a couple of months ago. And you said, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really good idea. And it's just been sitting on our list because it's got kept getting pushed down the totem pole when we had other exciting stuff come up. So this is the show that we talk about, Siri and Dictation. Yeah, we we did a Dictation show a long time ago. In fact, I should have. It was like single digit episode, I think. Yeah. Back in the archive. And and it's time to go back to dictation and talk about it again. I mean, you know, I actually have a dictation book outlined. I, I was at one point thinking that might be the next field guide, but it's not going to be. And um, I'm not sure how many people are that interested in it, but I guess that's something to be, let me know if you're interested in a field guide and dictation. But there's a, there's a lot of stuff about dictation that I think that people are missing out on, and it's really useful. You know, a lot of people... I had to be sold on the idea of dictation, and it happened for me my first year of law school. I was very fortunate, and I know we've got Siri up in the outline first, but just to kind of promo this a little bit, I was very fortunate my first year in law school. I don't know if I've told the story on the show before. I was I was clerking for an attorney who's a good family friend, and I was doing some work for him, you know, reviewing medical records or something like that. And he put a stack of medical records in front of me, and he put a dictaphone in front of me, and I was like, um, dude, what the heck is that? And he says, you need to learn how to dictate. I said, um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a, I'm a, you know, a kid and I can type like 120 words a minute and I, I'm good. He's like, no, no, you need to learn how to dictate. This is a skill that will follow you for the rest of your life. And he was right. Yeah, I think for attorneys, it's as important as learning to type. I mean, they, they are on the same level together. But uh, as we move forward with these technologies, the computers are getting really smart. And even to these mobile devices, we're seeing some really great innovation. And I think a lot of people have played with this stuff in the past, and it hasn't worked up to their expectations, so they give up on it. But uh, one of the overriding messages of this show, I think, would be that the stuff, the technology is getting better. And it, it's not perfect, but it's definitely getting better. And if you use it wisely, it can up your game a little bit. So so with that being said, why don't we just dig in and start with Siri? <laughs> okay, let's completely change topics. And uh, Siri is a, a big topic for me because, uh, well, first let me ask you a question. How often do you use Siri? Often, often. Like, I mean, multiple times a day. Okay, me too. I'm in the same boat. And I get a lot of flack from some people because they say, well, you know, Siri isn't, isn't Siri really kind of gimmicky? Does, does anybody really use Siri for, for actually getting stuff done? And can she be a tool? See, see how I called her she? Oh, Siri and I, we're really tight. Um, but can she really be a tool for real productivity? And I think she can because I started using Siri um, you know, I was, I thought Siri was just the coolest thing when I first got my phone and I thought, well, you know, she'll, she'll wear off on me and I'll, I'll stop using her. 
but I really haven't. I mean, obviously, anytime you get a new toy, you use it quite a bit the first couple of days you've got it. But Siri has really stuck with me. Well, I think part of the problem with Siri is just it's it's not obvious what the syntax is for. I mean, I guess to begin with, Siri is not a person, even though you want to refer to it as a person. I can't refer to her as she on the show. You can, but you have to accept that it's it's a computer algorithm that's and, just and she's taking, not your she's not your friend. Well, it, what it's doing is it's 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 doing it. There's two there's two levels to Siri. The first is the dictation part. You know, you're speaking words into a microphone, and it's trying to figure out what those words are. And so that's the first point of failure. <laughs> you know, yeah. and with iOS seven, it it gives you the dictation it captured, so you can see where there was a mistake made. Um, in fact, dry, getting ready for today's show, we thought we were going to, have to record late because something in my life got kind of nuts. And I was able, I was driving home. We got done with my big problem and I got in the car and I was 30 minutes from home and I said, Oh, I didn't tell Katie I'm going to be able to make it on time after all. So I hold down the button. I say, tell Katie Floyd, it's okay. You know, I'll be able to start on time and I can do that, you know, at a stoplight and not worry about having to try and type into the keyboard. So that's kind of an, an example. But the first layer of that was tell Katie Floyd, it's okay, I'll be there on time. Now, if it doesn't transcribe that text properly, then it's going to have a real problem with the next step that Siri does. And that's take that transcribed dictation and turn it into some command on this person's iOS device. And so you've got two levels to it. And that's one of the reasons why people don't like it is if it fails at the first level, it's definitely going to fail at the second level. If it gets it right at the first level, you've still got another hurdle at the second level. You've got to get through two hurdles to make it work. Now, I find that Siri is, is pretty good now at that first hurdle of at least translating my words into what I actually say. I've, yeah. only, I've only used Siri on the iPhone 5, and, and I know you've used her both on the 5 and the 5, 4S, 5, and 5, and 5S now. Have you noticed her getting, see, I'm going to, I'm going to call her her all show. You it's just okay. have to deal with it. Have, have you noticed that Siri has gotten any better as the technology in the iPhone has gotten better? Her voice well, I, recognition I think ability? One of the improvements I think has been in the microphones. You know, they have noise canceling microphones on the iPhone. And I use it in remarkably loud places sometimes. And it works. And to, you know, to my astonishment sometimes that I can send my wife a text message when I'm in the middle of a crowded room or walking down the street with a lot of traffic noise or some kind of background noise. If I'm in a room where there's a lot of people talking around me, it's less likely to work. But if it's, you know, just white noise in the background, I, you know, I don't even understand all the noise colors. I know there's brown noise and white noise and green noise. So if there's noise, that's not people talking, whatever color that is, uh, it works generally. Okay. Uh, now the second point I wanted to make, the reason why I kind of got off on the thing about saying it's not a person is, because Apple does such a clever job of making it seem like a person and we want to call it she and she tells us jokes and she uses our names when she talks to us and it, it all feels very real. It's it's just a robot and, you know, artificial intelligence, you know, it works, but how great does it really work? I mean, <laughs> I, just, I, I saw that episode of The Big Bang Theory. She is a real person living in a building somewhere. Oh, is she? I yes. didn't see that. You episode. didn't see that episode. Raj um, fell in love with Siri. Oh, how did I miss that? I love that show. Oh, yeah. You need to, Wait, you need to go find it. Was that this season? No, it's been a couple seasons now. It was when Siri was new on the iPhone 4S. Okay. And, you know, well, Raj, who's constantly searching for a girlfriend, just decided that he didn't need one anymore because he found Siri. Well, it, it's funny because as 
big of a nerd as I am, when I have to interact with actual humans, sometimes I do a really poor job of, of, of conveying instructions, you know? So we had a paralegal at my office and I asked her to do something and she did it completely wrong. And I got the work product and I looked at it and I said, this is entirely my fault because I didn't take the time to give her the right instruction about what I wanted. And, and she's a human and she is so much smarter than Siri but I didn't give her what she needed to do the job right now. Now put that onto a computer. That's not nearly as smart as a human. And you can see why it's amazing that Siri works at all. When you think about it. Yeah. I but mean, Siri, it, but, Siri's only going to be able to do what, what she has been programmed to anticipate and within and, the parameters of, of how she's going to work. And here's a real great tip. Uh, if you've got a phone or an iPad that's Siri enabled and you're scratching your head about what to do with it, I didn't see this in the outline. I don't know if you put it in there, Katie. Uh, but the, um, I did at but one point, but yeah. If you, if you hold down the button to activate Siri, there's a question mark symbol on the left side. See, now my microphone's going to be making noise because I'm doing it while we talk. But you hit that little question mark. It's on the left side. And it gives you a list of commands in all the different contexts that Siri thinks. If you tap on the phone, for instance, it'll give you a list of things you could say. Call Brian. Call Emily's mobile. You know, get the fire. Call the fire department. Uh, get my call history. So it gives you a nice list of things that it give you example Siri commands. And it goes through and it does this for the phone, for FaceTime, app launching, messages, calendar, sports, maps, Twitter, Facebook. It goes on and on and on about the stuff you can do. So if you're really curious about Siri, I would recommend just kind of looking through those. And don't don't try and learn them all. But let's say you text a lot. I mean, for me, uh, when I'm on Siri, I always say, tell a person something. So tell my wife, I'll be home for dinner. Tell Katie, I'll make it on time for the show. And I don't even have to say Katie Floyd anymore. I just say Katie because Siri knows that when I say Katie, I'm talking about my pal, Katie Floyd. I'm not even sure how it figures that out, but it's probably looking at the history of, of text so. messaging. Yeah. yeah, but it works. And so that's one thing that I picked up very quickly and very quickly incorporated it to the extent that I probably send as many text messages with Siri as I do with my thumbs. I would say that's probably true for me as well. Yeah. So it's not a gimmick. I mean, there's a context for it. Um, I'm, I, you know, I really, I'm not being, um, I'm, this is not a wink, wink, nod, nod thing. I don't use a phone when I'm driving period. You know, if someone calls, I don't answer the phone when I'm driving, but I am not above um, at a red light um, dictating a quick text message off with Siri. Now, you've got some kind of Bluetooth integration with your car, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's got a Bluetooth radio. So if I hold down the button for Siri, um, the my, my car has a microphone in it and the microphone in the car goes to Siri. I, I think it would actually work better if it was just on the iPhone mic, but yeah. it works it works good enough through my car. Because I was going to, I have that exact same problem where for me, Siri really breaks down in the car, which is where I want to use her the most. And I've, I've found out that it's because the, the microphone and the audio system in my car, which is a, a third party audio system, I don't know if it would make any difference if it was installed by the manufacturer, but my car was made in 1997. There, there was no Bluetooth in 1997. Well, I mean, it's your rate. It's not the car. I mean, if you've got a radio in your car, I mean, mine didn't ship with it and then you just got a microphone at it they put in with the radio yeah that's what that's what mine is but i find that 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 microphone is far less accurate and in fact mine's even one that's mounted up above um you know kind of by my sun visor 
Yeah. And I find that it's far less accurate than my iPhone. So that's one of the the breakdowns of Siri. I really wish there was a way, like you said, there is a way that when you when you hit the button for Siri, if you're connected via Bluetooth, you'll see a little Bluetooth symbol kind of in the opposite corner of where you saw the where can I get more information about how to use Siri. Yeah. And you can tell Siri whether you want to use Bluetooth or whether you want to go ahead and, and use the iPhone. Now there's some advantages if you're using Bluetooth. Because if Siri's connected to Bluetooth, it will automatically review everything for you. So, for example, if, if you dictated that text message to me, it will say, okay, David, here's your text message to Katie Floyd. It says, and it yeah. will read it back to you. And it said, do you want to send it? Do you want to change it? Do you want to review it? Whereas if you're not connected by Bluetooth, I think it just says something like, okay, David, I'm ready to send your message. Do you want to send it? And you would actually have to look at the screen to see, is that correct? Yeah. So you know, I, I just got. I just got to think. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was just. I wish there was some way you could toggle that. And if anybody at Apple is listening, future software update, please. I wish there was some way you could toggle that where Siri always gave you feedback, the the audio feedback, but yet you could still use the the microphone in, in Siri versus in your phone versus the car. Or if you could like do a Siri command to set that. Yeah, and in most cases, here's a tip: you can you can usually ask Siri to review something. So if you are using just your phone, but yet you're using it eyes free, if you dictate a message and she says, okay, ready to send it, you can usually say, review it. And Siri will review whatever you've just dictated to her. Yeah. I, I'm actually very um, hesitant to do much with Siri or my phone while I'm driving. You know, if, if I'm in the car or my wife's driving, I'll go crazy. But uh, when I'm driving, there's just so little that I'm willing to interact with my phone over. Um, yeah. I live in Southern California. There's a lot of crazy drivers here to begin with. Now you add phones to it. It just gets nuts. Yeah. So when do you know when is a good time to use? I mean, when are you using Siri just for the sake of using Siri versus just doing a task yourself? I, I'm not a fan of um, using technology just for the sake of it. You know, whenever something's new, I can't help myself. And of course, I'm going to try all this stuff out. But the stuff that takes is the stuff that, you know, I'm going to go with. For instance, um, Placing calls, you know, um, sending text messages, setting my tea timer. There's certain things that are more efficient with Siri than they are any other way. I mean, I, I don't know what it is about me, Katie, but when I make tea, uh, first of all, I only brew tea for like two or three minutes. Well, it depends on the type of tea, but generally two or three minutes and I, and, I get and not that stuff a, out of there. And, and not at a full boil. Of course not. I, what do you take me for? I and, mean, because that would just be ridiculous. That, that to use a Syracusan statement, that would be like living like an animal. To, yes. To boil it and leave the tea in there. I watch hey, people hey, at Starbucks. You, did, did you know that they uh, they make specialized teapots for that? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I I was at Starbucks and I saw this person get a tea, and they're in front of me, and you can see the little tea bag um, strings hanging out the side. And I was sitting there drinking my tea and doing my daily thing. And, and so when I get to Starbucks and I get a tea, and I'm not a big fan of Starbucks tea to begin with, but, uh, you know, two or three minutes later, I walk over to the trash can, open the lid, pull the tea bags out, throw them away. And then I drink my tea. I finished my tea, finished an OmniFocus review, wrote a couple of emails, and I looked over and the tea bag was still attached to, to his tea. I said, how could he drink that bitter stuff? It's terrible. Anyway, um, so I got sidetracked. Thanks a lot, Katie Floyd. Um, 
what I do with my tea is, uh, for some reason, I am incapable of saying, okay, wait two minutes and then throw out the tea, you know, in the steep. I will honestly, in that two minutes, because of my short attention span or, or whatever problem I have, I will move on and forget about it. And the tea will steep for 30 minutes and get ruined. So and that's very bad. I, I don't know what it is. I, 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 I'm incapable of doing it without setting a timer. I, maybe it's senility, but uh, so I, so I just pull my phone, hold the button down, set a timer for two minutes. Siri goes after two minutes and then within another minute, I've got the tea out of there and I've got a nice cup of tea. We should do a tea workflow show. I, I think that would make a great show. <laughs> Nobody would listen to it. <laughs> um, oh. All right. Anyway, so that there's an example. That was a long winded example of me using it for the timer. Uh, setting an alarm. Wake me up tomorrow at 5 a.m. I can do that much faster than I can. Go to the timer app, the clock app, find it, spin the little dial, hit the set button, hit the edit button. I mean, Siri is faster for stuff like that. An example where it doesn't work for me is setting calendar appointments. I I struggle with setting calendar appointments with Siri. And I don't know if that's because I'm not using the proper terminology or what the deal is. But, you know, I tell Siri to you know, schedule something, something, something at eight o'clock. And it, it sometimes half the time it'll end up with something different or it'll just say appointment at eight o'clock. Yeah. It, it, so here's the trick, but I can never remember it. So I don't use it that often. Well, tell me the trick. Uh, I'm looking see, I just opened it up again. So I have to look at it. Well, one of the tricks is it's good for reviewing um, things. So uh, I could say, you know, what's my schedule today and it'll read it off to me, which is kind of nice. Um, but, Okay, so hold on one second. Okay, so what you use say schedule a something meeting. Uh, that's that's the the syntax. So schedule a Mac Power Users episode at eight thirty today. You know, and it will do that. It'll say Mac Power Users episode. It doesn't just say appointment because so often you say set a meeting with Jimmy, and the calendar entry is meeting. Yeah, And all of a sudden you got to start fixing it and you're fiddling around and it's asking, did you mean this or did you mean that? And by then you could have opened Fantastical and just did it. In fact, that's a nice hack on this is the Fantastical 2 on the iPhone, just super app. And it does natural language parsing. So rather than try and do it Siri style, just open the Fantastical 2 app, click on the new entry and then use Siri dictation to add an appointment. You know, set a Mac Power Users recording tomorrow at 7 a.m. with Katie Floyd. And that will do a better job of creating the appointment than uh, doing it through Siri. So they've, they've got some work to do with calendaring. Yeah, that's what I do most of the time. But, but I use Siri all the time and almost exclusively for reminders. And I put reminders into my, you know, general reminder list, which I have dumped into OmniFocus, which we'll talk about a little bit later. And sometimes if I just have miscellaneous reminders, like, oh, remind me when I get to the office to check on this thing, I'll throw that into Siri and it will remember it. And I also use um, the reminders app for my shopping list. And so I have a list called shopping and I'll tell Siri, add eggs to my shopping list, add you know, milk to my shopping list, add coffee to my shopping list. Yeah. And it does a great job with things like that. And that's all you have to say. And I have multiple of those lists. I probably have talked about this in the show before. I know I did a world, an article for Macworld on it, but I have target list, Home Depot list, Apple store list. So I could say, you know, add USB cord to my Apple store list and 
that's all I have to do. I don't have to open the app. I don't have to find the list. I don't have to, you know, fumble with my thumbs and it gets the dictation right most often because that's simple dictation and it gets added to the list. Then when I go in the Apple store list, I open it up and say, Oh yeah, I needed a USB cord. Oh, so man, you do not want to be buying your USB cords from the Apple store. <laughs> you know, what? as I was saying that I was thinking this wasn't a very good example. Was it? But, and I just buy said that it. so that people wouldn't be emailing you, but yeah, <laughs> what would you buy at the Apple store? Buy some new hue lights or buy uh, whatever, you know, buy a brand new Mac pro, buy two of them and turn them into a jet pack. Perfect. You know, somebody's going to try it. I, I also use Siri for an interesting thing. I, I live in a football town and I don't care much about football. I'm sorry. I just don't. I think you do because it always comes out. I, I think that that's one of those closet things. That, I, um, I went you, to my first you, NFL football game last week. See, th- that's what you say. But I bet that you're like a face painter and you like throw <laughs> oh, bricks totally. at your TV. Totally. Yeah. I went to my first NFL football game because I have a cousin. Who plays in the NFL? He plays. No way. Yeah, he plays. Who's that? uh, Pat DeMarco, and he plays for the Atlanta Falcons. Wow. Yeah. So when they came in the area, they they played uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. So I went uh, went over and saw him play the Tampa Bay Bucks, and uh, that was a he played very well. Unfortunately, the Falcons did not win, Um, but it was an interesting experience going to an NFL game. But I digress. I digress. So exciting. Yeah, Uh, but. I am, so, but you did, but you did have your face painted, right? I had my face totally painted. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. But I use Siri to find out number one, did the local sports team win? And number two, is the game on? Because if the game is on, it's a perfect time for me to go out and run all my errands because there's no traffic. But if the game is about to end or if we're about to get blown out, I want to stay at home. Have I given you my sports talk? Oh, boy. Go ahead. I used to kind of like sports and it seems like over the years as I'd start like giving up things because I'm trying to, you know, manage my day job, not be a a terrible dad and write books. I, I just sports has kind of gone out of my life. Like entirely. I have no idea what's going on in sports anymore. Well, that's yeah. But Siri is a five second way for me to find out if local team won. So I don't seem like a total idiot when I go into the office on Monday morning and be like, Hey, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Did the Dodgers win today? Yeah. All right. So what do you prefer, the dime or the nickel defense? Um, is there another option? I don't know. Quarter, 50 cents. Quarter, pinning. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like the red team. All right. Okay. Uh, what else do you use Siri for? Oh, gosh. Well, like you, I, I use it for setting alarms and timers just because, in, in fact, I, I've been able to move some of that stuff off my home screen because it's so much more convenient to do it with Siri than it is anywhere else. I am trying to use Siri for directions, but Apple Maps is not real good in my area. So that's a problem. See, I have the opposite experience. I And we I think we talked about this with the iOS 7 show, but Apple Maps works pretty good where I live. So... And it's much better than the crazy navigation system in my car. I I don't know what kind of masochist designs some of the UI on these and the systems in these cars, but they're terrible. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's like, you look at it and it's like, they couldn't have made this more difficult to use if they tried. Uh, did I, did I tell you about how I'm going down to the, um, the Disney yacht and beach club for Milo fest last month? 
and yeah. I'm literally pulling into the Yacht and Beach Club, and Siri is screaming, make a U-turn, make a U-turn, make a U-turn. Well, but, yeah, we had we had this exact discussion, so okay. I don't, don't want to belabor it, but uh, I will say the Siri element to me is, say, get directions home, get directions to John Smith's work. Like, I've got a client I was just going to the other day, and I was halfway there, and I knew generally it was in Fullerton, but I wasn't exactly sure where it was. And I didn't really give it much forethought until I was driving down the 57 saying, well, I'm not exactly sure where I'm going. Um, so when I got off the freeway, you know, in Fullerton, I, I, um, at the stop sign, I held down the Siri button and said, get directions to John Smith's work. And it pulled it right up. And I was, you know, got me the last four miles. Yeah, that's true. And, and it's just, I find it really useful and there's no way I could have done that with my uh, my navigation oh, system in my car. It would have been horrible. Well, you'd have to go look it up, then you'd have to type it in on this really clunky on-screen keyboard that, uh, you know, the feedback is about two frames per second, and, you know, it's just not not the way to go. So I, I do think there's a future for using Siri for, for those types of tools. And as we're doing this show, I'm looking at this list, and there's still a lot of things on here that I haven't really fully explored. Um, music is something I use all the time. I, I live and die. And my iTunes workflow is um, all about playlists. So I've got four-star playlists. I've got cool jazz playlists. I, you name it, I've got it. I've got the Katie Floyd jazz. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the Katie Floyd playlist. Oh, dear. It's all, it is all um, singer-songwriters. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, because I know that's your favorite music. So I'll just say, play the Katie Floyd playlist, and it just starts up just like that. Or uh, play artist Miles Davis, and then I'll just get Miles Davis music. And because my phone is Bluetooth linked to my car, it just plays through that channel. It sounds great. That's another thing well, I use it for all the time. Just be forewarned, when we get to Macworld, I'm going to ask Siri to play the Katie Floyd playlist, and we better see what comes up. It's going to be like, um, it's going to have some Neil Diamond in there, some John Denver. Okay. Right? Okay. Am I, am I in the ballpark? Well, you know, I'm more Carol King and uh, I like Carol King, Billy Joel, James Taylor, and okay. like the Eagles. And yeah. I'm going to have to work on that because I my Katie Floyd playlist is is lacking. Okay, it's very much lacking. Well, I want to talk about some tips for using Siri more effectively, and we've kind of been doing well, that already. But can I tell you one more? Okay, this is this is one of my favorites. Where's my wife? I don't you just know say that. where your wife is. You just is. say, where's my wife? Because we, my family, we all use Find My Friends. and uh, Also known as Mrs. Weasley's Clock. Yeah, that's that's my favorite analogy. I mean, Find My Friends is great when you have a family. Or, where's my daughter? And because Siri knows the relationships, um, it's really nice to be able, it's not in a creepy stalker sort of way, but just, you know, where are they? Like, the other day, they were supposed to meet me for dinner and they were running late and I didn't want to freak out. So where's my wife? I could see they were on the freeway. They were about 15 minutes away. So I was good. How, how does Siri handle it when you say, where's my daughter and you have two daughters? Um, actually I say my daughter's names, but I didn't want to say them on the show. Oh no, so. that's fine. I just didn't know if it was figured out, but okay. I think if I say, where's my daughter, it'll ask me which one, but I always just say their names. Okay, cool. I don't have that many people and find my friends, but, for my immediate family, it's really useful. Uh, when we go to like Macworld, I always open up a find my friends group and it's nice to, you know, like you're in it and just all the pals that are there with me. So we can kind of keep track of each other. Yeah. I'm trying to get people to open up more to, to find my friends. Like, 
you know, this past weekend, my mom got into a, a minor fender bender and we got this, this text from her that just said in an accident. Okay. And I'm like, what does that mean? And then nobody heard from her for like an hour and she wasn't answering her phone. And it was like, okay, what's going on? And so we, I had to do my the little find my friends work around. Well, when you have kids, it really is nice. I mean, cause my kids are old enough that they're out doing stuff and they understand that's kind of a condition of the phone. And I don't like track them like a, a jerk dad, but I just want to have the ability if I need to know where they're at to find out. Sure. Yeah, I can. Okay. So okay. We, but that's a tip. Can we talk about some more tips? Yeah, let's do some more. Yeah. But before we do, I'm really excited about this next sponsor that, that you've got for us. <laughs> it's a, because I um, really want to hear about the sponsor. Is <laughs> it art imitates life, right? So, yeah. so I was trying to figure out email and one of the big discoveries I made in the book, and we talked about this in the email show a few weeks ago was this service called SaneBox, And, um, lo and behold, um, a lot of the people who bought and read the book have started enjoying the service as well. I'm getting tons of positive feedback and the same box people reached out to us and they like uh, what we do. So we have a new sponsor, which is SaneBox. And uh, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with SaneBox.com, this is a great time to figure uh, to spend some time on this because we all have this problem with email where you get flooded with all these types of different email. And one of my big discoveries with this book was they're, you know, not all emails created equal. And when you have an inbox that has 50 items in it, but some of them are newsletters and some of them are things from people that aren't really that important. Um, it takes a lot of your overhead just to manage figuring out what is what. Samebox solves that problem for you. And the way it does that is it looks at your inbox for you and it, it uses a lot of fancy computer um, algorithms to figure out who is the most important people in your life and where the emails fit. So if I get an email from Katie, it's going to stay in my inbox because it sees that when I get emails from Katie, I always respond quickly and it's very important to me. If I get an email from um, someone that I only hear from every six months and I usually don't respond for a while, it's going to put them in what it calls a later box. And if I get an email from a vendor that I buy things from, it's going to put that in a different box. So when I look at my inbox, it is saying it doesn't have 50 items in there. It has five in there. And it's the five most important things that I want to respond to. So I sign up for the service and it filters the inbox for me. It's just, it's amazing. And it's one of the reasons that I can manage email at all anymore. And I'm so happy that they've joined us as a sponsor. In addition to doing this email filtering, they have some other great services. Like one of them is the black hole. It's, it is a place you put email and email from that domain never comes to you again. So when you get the spam kind of things and you try and use spam filters and they don't catch it, or these people get clever and they start using different names at that domain and do different things to try and get through your filters, you put it in the black hole, you never hear from it again. It also allows you to defer email, which is something I used to mock and now I use all the time. So I've got in my, uh, in my Max Sparky email um, file, I've got a mailbox called tomorrow and one called next week and one called Saturday. So when an email comes in from a listener and I know that I want to respond to it, but I'm going to have to wait until Saturday when I have time, I put it in the Saturday box and it just disappears from my life. And then on Saturday, I see it again. Um, there's another thing it does is it gives you reminders. So if I send an email out to a listener in response to something and I want to hear back from them, I can say, 
blind copy to one week at sanebox.com. And if they don't write me back, they sanebox gives me the message again to remind me. Uh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's more things you can do with this service. What it really does is it empowers you to take better control of your email. And now it is an essential tool for me. And I'm really thrilled to have them on as a sponsor for the show. Make sure to go support them because uh, I think this may be one of the first times they've ever sponsored a podcast. They don't even know what to expect. But I told them, you know what? The Mac Power users, listeners are just going to love this product. And I said, you got to do something for them, too. And they said, absolutely. There's a website, samebox.com slash MPU, and it will get you $10 off. And so, so go check it out if this is of any interest to you. I can tell you, for me personally, it's absolutely essential to me. I just renewed my subscription like a week ago because I've been using it a year now. That tells you when I started that book, by the way, Katie, because that was one of the first things I did was get serious about this. Huh? And um, I gladly paid for another year. And um, I, I didn't even give myself an OmniFocus reminder for next year to decide if I want to renew or not. I'm in. I'm just going to be renewing this for as long as they keep doing it. Go check out SaneBox.com. And, and thank you, SaneBox, for supporting the Mac Power users. I am really excited about SaneBox. And I can't wait to get started with them because this was one of the biggest tips that I took out of your book. So yeah, I'm going to start, one. I'm going to start playing with this over the holidays and start my trial. And yeah, I've heard from a lot of people that are really digging it. So, yeah. Okay. So Siri tips, Siri, okay. remind me to check out sandbox would be all right. One. Um, so the best way that you can, you know, you were talking about how Siri works. If it, you were able to say, tell me how to get to Joe Smith's business, or I don't remember what example you used, but tell me how to get to Joe Smith's house or tell me how to get to Joe Smith's office. That worked because you had Joe Smith in your contacts and you had his office address in your contacts, right? Yeah, that's much easier than saying get directions to Pizza Hut because it's going to say, well, there's five Pizza Huts around you. Which one would you like? Right. So one of my Siri tips is really not a Siri tip, and that is just get your contacts in order. And I think that's just a good tip regardless, is you, number one, you want to set up your contact card is the first and foremost thing that you want to do. And, and you can tell Siri, this is me, this is my card and the Siri um, preferences. And you want to, and within that card, you want to set up your relationships. You want to say, um, you know, this person is my mother, this person is my father, this person is my brother, this person is my daughter, this person is my, you can add whoever you want. I've got, for example, I've got my assistant associated with my contact card. So when I say call my assistant or text my assistant, it knows who I'm talking to. So you can you can add multiple people, and, and that will link out to their contact card information. So you can add people that you would tell Siri by their title to associate with to your contact card. But also clean up your other contact cards. So make sure that you've got those people's, you've got their names, you've got their name in the right field, you've got their addresses, and the addresses in the right field. Um, Contacts Cleaner is the app that I use to clean up a lot of that kind of stuff, but at some point you just got to kind of go in and, and manually clean them up and make sure that your your stuff is looking good. I um, I used to have a problem because I dictate a lot of blog posts on my iPad and my iPhone. You know, I get a free minute and I've got these miscellaneous byword files and I'll just start dictating posts. And Siri always had trouble with the word Mac Sparky. And, you know, that word obviously comes up sometimes in my posts. It would, it would translate it as Max, M-A-X, Barky, B-A-R-K-Y. That's and completely what I'm going to start calling you now. Yeah, maybe I'll start getting emails to Katie Floyd and Max Barky. I don't know. But Perfect. it used to make me kind of nuts. And so I, 
and, and this was in Iowa six, somebody said, well, just make it a nickname for yourself. And you know how, duh, I should have done that. So I gave myself the nickname Max Sparky spelled correctly. And now Siri gets it every time they may have fixed that in Iowa seven. I don't know. I want to get big enough that Apple one day calls me and says, we put Max Sparky in the uh, Siri library. Oh, you know what but, kills me about the Siri dictionary is Macworld. 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 Oh, it's got yeah. the camel caps on it. Yeah. See, I figure if they haven't fixed Macworld, I have got no hope of ever getting Max Sparky. Um, and, and in fact, that is a tell. I'm, I'm going to go on a tangent for a minute. Um, a tell. One of the big questions about Siri was always, is it? Is it the nuance engine, you know, drag and dictate, which we're going to talk about Mac dictation in a minute. Uh, but drag and dictate is is owned by nuance, who's the premier authority in dictation software. And people kept wondering, well, is it is Siri running through the nuance engine or they cook their own or what's going on? Uh, uh, drag and dictate and Siri both uh, transcribe Macworld as a capital W, which anybody at Macworld, if you use that, makes them crazy. I once sent a, a dictation email to Jason Snell about Ugh. something totally unrelated, and I didn't catch that because I had dictated it. And he wrote back and said, what are you putting a W in there for? <laughs> I felt really bad. You know, it's it's his magazine, you know. And um, But, uh, you know, please, nuance, fix that. But it's, they both make the same mistake, which to me indicates strongly that you know, nuance is heavily involved with Siri, but getting, what was I talking about, Katie? I, now I've, I'm totally off the, tr- the rail Nicknames. here. Nickname. So I put Max Sparky in as my nickname, but you know, what's really pleasant is now when Siri doesn't understand me or something, it says, I'm sorry, Max Sparky. I can't answer that for you. Or it uses my nickname when it talks to me and it makes me kind of happy, even though I know it's a <laughs> robot. It's kind of pleasant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can also have, you can tell Siri to call you something. So you could tell Siri to call you Sparky. And but then it, it puts that in as a nickname, I yeah. think is what it does. So I'm happy, and it, it now transcribes Max Sparky correctly. So if it wants to call me Max Sparky, that's okay. It's better than David. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, another reason. You should, you should, you should make your nickname Katie Floyd with no space. <laughs> I should. I should. I'm sorry, Katie won't. Floyd. I can't help you right now. <laughs> We're not going to do that. So uh, the other thing that putting your contact people in contacts in there does is Siri goes through and it learns their names. So Siri's more likely to spell their names correctly when yeah. they're actually in contact. So, but you can also use um, the phonetic spelling is a field in the contacts. Yeah. If you have trouble with someone like, um, for example, we have a, an attorney that I work with on occasion. His last name is fiber, but it's not spelled F I B E R. It's spelled F-E-I-B-E-R or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. But it's spelled differently. And it would always want to call him Fieber or something like that. And so um, you can. I just went in on my contact card and I added a phonetic spelling to his name and it solved that problem. But actually with iOS 7 now, you can teach Siri how to pronounce people's names, which is pretty cool. I can't decide if I want to do it. There's a couple of people in my life, like my editor, Leilani, listening to Siri say Leilani it just makes me giggle every time. What she does has she say? so much. Tra- it's just like, it's just like the computer is, its mind is blown by that name or, or, or our friend, Victor Kahiao. K was it K A J I A O. I believe is how he spells his last name. C A J. I'm sorry. C of course. But if you listen to Siri say Kahiao, it is kind of awesome. And also I live in Southern California. So we have a lot of Spanish names for our streets and, Siri has never been south of the border, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no. 
but anyway, it, it it's nice that you can fix those things. I just haven't decided yet if I want to let go of it because it does make me giggle and I need giggles wherever I can get them. Yeah. But so that we can tell people a tip on how they can actually do that. All if, right. If, if you tell Siri something and she repeats somebody's name back to you and it's incorrect, you can just say, that's not how you pronounce their name. And she's very polite about it. She says, oh, excuse me. And she'll give you um, three options for their first name and three options for their last name. And you pick the one that's closest. Yeah. I mean, that's an iOS 7 thing. And you can see Apple is moving on this in the background. Siri is interesting to me in another element that, you know, most Apple services or most Apple software gets updated with the major updates. Like you're not going to see an update to the calendar app on your Mac until they come out with whatever 10.10 is, you know, that thing after Mavericks. Whereas Siri is always getting these incremental updates and changes. And, and granted, this is part of iOS 7, but just like the answer she gives and the available data, they're constantly refining that stuff. And this is something that's kind of like a Google service in a certain way that the only way they were ever going to get better at it was just to put it out there and start letting people use it and then find out how people are using it and start tailoring the service. Kind of feed a feedback loop. Now, we talked a little bit about using Siri in the car or, or with Bluetooth. That's still a still a way that, that I struggle with it a bit. But do you use the raise to speak feature with Siri? I, you know, I, I always turn it off, but recently I found myself using it increasingly because I feel a little, um, self-conscious. Has, yeah. When I'm like uh, sitting somewhere and I start talking, if there's other people around where, so I lift it up to my ear and start talking to it. They just think I'm another tool on my phone. As opposed but, to talking to your phone. Yeah. Um, but usually the way I use Siri, cause one of the most common times I use, and this is actually more iOS dictation. Maybe we'll talk, talk about that in a minute, but I have the, just the, the, the earbuds that come with the phone. Mm-hmm. And often I will, um, I like to take walks around lunchtime. So I'll have a small lunch and then I'll take a walk and I'll talk into Siri while I'm walking or I'll sit at a park bench and I'll dictate a bunch of email and stuff just sitting there using Siri. Well, that's another new feature of Siri with iOS 7 and that she's gotten better about reading and responding to email. Is that what you're doing with your headphones, with your phone still in your pocket? Um, generally, no. Generally, the way I do it is I look through the mail and then I, I just hit the dictation button and start talking when I want to reply. Oh, okay. So you're walking around looking at your phone waiting to smack into a pole. Well, no, I mean, that's different. It, it, when I When I walk, I usually dictate longer bits. Uh, email, email, I'll do it at park bench, but like I'll have a byword document open and I, I know there's certain things I want to do. I'm going to talk kind of about, um, uh, loading up on dictation. Uh, I'm going to do that in the Mac section, but just rest assured I do that on my phone as well in that context. Okay. But that is a new feature of iOS seven is Siri can now read your emails. You can ask her, do I have any new messages? She'll say, yes, you have seven new messages and you'll say, you can say, okay, read them to me and she'll, she'll go through and she'll read them. Yeah. And you can respond to them and all that good stuff. And we haven't even really covered how much this helps people with disabilities. Oh, it's huge. It's huge for people with disabilities. Yeah. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about just dictation in general with iOS. You know, forget about Siri for a minute, but um, I want to talk about the ability to dictate text into your iOS device. All right. Before I do. Yeah. Before we get totally off Siri, let me talk about our next sponsor because 
I, that ties into Siri a little bit for me. And okay. I, I want to talk about OmniFocus 2 for iPhone. And of course, um, thanks to our sponsor, the Omni Group, for helping to support us with this episode. And it's been out for a couple of months now, OmniFocus 2 for iPhone. It is a totally redesigned interface for iOS 7. And I don't know if I've told you this, David, but since OmniFocus 2 for iPhone came out, I would say that OmniFocus for iPhone may be the primary place that I use OmniFocus now. It's very efficient. It is. I love the new redesign. And so a couple of things that I like about the, the new redesign of, of OmniFocus 2 for iPhone is that, first off, it's in my dock, but when you, when you open it, you immediately on, I guess you'll call it the home screen or anything for lack of a better word, I use the forecast view all the time. And so what it does is at a glance, it gives you a view of, do you have any overdue? So it shows your past events or your, your past tasks. What do you have going on today? What do you have going on tomorrow and really through the next couple of days of the week? And you can set up in the preferences to show what's due, what's due soon, what's flagged, depending on, on how you run your OmniFocus setup. And then you can also see um, in the home screen, what do you have in your inbox? How many items do you have flagged? Do you have anything that is location aware that's nearby? And then you have quick access to your contacts, your, or excuse me, your contexts, your projects and your perspective. But I tend to live in that forecast view. So I can look at today. I had two projects or two things due today. And also in the, in the calendar, in the today view, you also take a look at your calendar events. So you can, I could saw that at 930 today, I was going to record the dictation and series show with you. So I know that I can schedule my day around based on you know, getting that stuff down based on what I've got going on in my calendar. And that's huge for me. But OmniFocus 2 also has some really cool under the hood improvements too. And I don't know about you, but when they first started talking about iOS 7 and background sync, this was one of the things that I immediately thought about saying, oh, I hope this app gets background sync. Yeah, now I can't imagine life without it. (laughs) Yeah, because OmniFocus in a previous version was doing a... um, a, a form of background sync that was kind of based on the uh, Marco Armet uh, Armet uh, Instapaper, and I think he got it from another app. I think Paperboy before that, where it would do it based on location services or location based. So it would sync when you got to the office. It would sync when you got home, depending on how you had it set up. But now it just works. It's totally integrated um, into into iOS seven. So I just open up OmniFocus, and boom, all of my stuff is there. And it's so important because I'm adding stuff from different places. I add stuff from my computer all the time at the office. I use the quick entry keyboard to to add tasks when I'm on the phone with people. But the biggest way that I probably get tasks into Siri, or excuse me, that I get tasks into OmniFocus when I'm on the go is using Siri. Because, David, you did this uh, video a while ago about how you could integrate Siri with your contacts. And they have made that so much easier with OmniFocus version 2. You just click on a little setting and it says, okay, well, do you want to integrate OmniFocus with any of these um, any of these reminders lists? And I know you have a specific OmniFocus list and reminders. I actually integrate mine with the default reminders list. But whichever way you decide to go, you just say yes, click which list you want to remind it with. And so now I'll go throughout the day and say, remind me to do this, remind me to do that, remind me to do this. And those things start building up in my reminders. And it can happen anywhere. It can happen on my iPad. It can happen on my iPhone because that all syncs via iCloud. And whenever OmniFocus background syncs, which is often enough, boom, those things show up in my inbox for processing. It is amazing. It has completely revolutionized my workflow. 
Okay, so my um, first of all, I totally agree. I love this new app, and I can't wait to see what they do with as they bring this over to the iPad and and other stuff in the future. But the way I use the 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 Siri command I use is add X to my inbox list, and the inbox list in reminders is my OmniFocus syncing list because you know it's going to my inbox and OmniFocus, so I just think about it in terms of inbox. But the the specific con uh. Syntax I use is, you know, add, call Katie about, you know, Mac power users to my inbox list. And then I go over to, it goes into reminders in the inbox list. OmniFocus sees it in the background. And because it does this background sync, it's pulling that in much faster than it used to. It used to have to load the app to make it happen. Um, and I do that like you the whole day as I'm walking around and I think of things and it's faster than opening OmniFocus and tapping something in. It's faster than going in drafts and typing something in. Uh, this is one of those cases where Siri is the quickest way to, to do that. It doesn't add, you know, the additional data of, you know, the context and, you know, the project and things, but it gets it in the inboxing and then I won't forget it. Remember how earlier I forgot what I was talking about? That's just a little window into my world. So you can understand when I think of something I want to get in OmniFocus, I have to immediately get it there or it will not get there. And this is a great way to do it. Yeah. You can find OmniFocus 2 for iPhone in the App Store. It's available for $19.99, and you definitely need to go check it out. If you're completely new to OmniFocus, you can go check out all the information on their website at omnigroup.com. This guy named um, Max Barks, I think was his name, did a whole- Max Barky. Max Barky. Max Barky did a whole uh, did a series of screencasts that you can check out. Great time over the holidays to catch up on those. Um, and you can grab OmniFocus 2 from iTunes. So thanks I'm, to Omni Group for supporting our show. I'm pretty sure I will rue the day that I shared that information with you, Katie Floyd. I think you will. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about it. Uh, we've been, you know, waxing poetic on Siri, but there's also a feature in iOS now that's that's dictation. So anywhere a keyboard shows up, so long as you have an internet connection, you're going to see a little microphone to the left of your space bar. And if you just tap that, you can start talking and you will get dictation into whatever box you're opening. Uh, the ubiquity is what I really like about this. Uh, it, it works anywhere. I mean, I can do it to search the web in Safari. I can do it to add a a, a node and a mind map. I'm mean, just anywhere I'm adding text, I can always talk. And like a good example of this is subject lines on emails. So I'll dictate those all the time. So this is something that showed up, I believe with the 4S if memory serves, and it has got progressively better. Uh, there's a couple things about it that really make me angry sometimes though. And the first one is what I call facing the void. Um, you, when you, dictate text into iOS devices, it gives you no feedback as to whether or not it's hearing your, what you're saying or even getting close to dictating it. Um, you know, uh, traditionally on the Mac, that's where I always dictated before, you know, iOS existed. As you speak the words, they show up on the screen and that gives you this immediate feedback to know that you're doing it right. If I go and spend $200 on an Android tablet, a current Android, you know, what's it, the Nexus 7? I played with a friend's Nexus 7 recently. They do that. When I talk, Google gives you the words. iOS 7 doesn't. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's just kind of, it's kind of nutty. So you speak for like 30 seconds and then it goes up to the cloud to some form of nuanced server. And then it gives you the text back. And I find that it's usually really pretty accurate 
and right on. And like when I go through a bunch of listener emails, a bunch of them are dictated. And sometimes listeners write back and they say, Hey, I see this typo. It's clear you're using Siri, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, so I, I like it generally how it works, but I really wish it would give me that immediate feedback. Yeah. But do you think that is a matter of, of, uh, I don't think it's a matter of processing power on the iOS devices anymore. Cause now we've got these a seven and these desktop class architectures. But well, I think, I think part of it is that the, it requires a very fast internet connection to get you that transcription that fast. And Google's really good at that. And Apple's getting better, but they're not nearly as good as Google is. So they probably don't have the, the immediate processing bandwidth available to do it. Um, even on the Mac, which obviously has a lot more processing power than than your iPhone does, uh, if you use the basic dictation tool in the Mac, it does the same thing. It doesn't give you the words. However, if you download a 785 meg- megabyte file, it'll do that for you. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But that I guess that, and I don't want to dwell on this, except for the fact that once in a while, I will dictate 30 seconds worth of text. And then... Siri will beep and then I'll get little dots or something will happen. And at the end I'll have a cursor with no text. And that makes me crazy when that happens. And uh, a Merlin man, uh, he said once it's like, it's like, um, I think he's, he's like drunk dad, you know, a series like your drunk dad. Sometimes he's there and sometimes he doesn't show up. <laughs> I forget Aww. the exact, you know, how, you know how Merlin does. <laughs> he's always got the way to say it, but, um, that's the way it feels when that happens. And that makes me a little crazy. Another thing you have to do is you have to have the sense of ending because it is about, I haven't timed it. I think it's about 30 seconds for me. It's about two and a half, three sentences. And then I stop because if you start on that fourth sentence, or if you have a third long sentence, you're not going to get to the end. And Siri doesn't give you a warning. It just beeps and then goes and spits the text back down at you. So you'll see where it left off. You need to do that. You can't just turn it on and go like you can do on a Mac. And it's really important for that reason that you pre-think what you're going to say. You can't just hit the button and go, uh, um, think about it. Yeah. Well, that's the best tip. If you have one single tip from the show about dictation is don't start a sentence that you haven't fully formed in your mind. If, if you dictate fully formed sentences, you, number one is you'll, the, the text will be better. The data you're giving the processor, whether it be your Mac or Siri or a cloud service or whatever, is much better. So they have a much better chance of successfully transcribing it for you. Um, if you start a sentence, you're not sure, then you're going to put an um in the middle, and then it's going to start to try and figure out if you're talking about umbrellas or if you're just stuttering. Um, it, the, the single best thing you can do is don't start talking until you have the full sentence in your mind. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so you, so there's there's some downsides to it, but I don't want to downplay this because I use this dictation feature twice as much as I use Siri. I use it all the time, and I just love that I can do this on my phone. Um, the uh, I I built a little in my backyard. I'm such a weirdo. I, I have um a little pond, a little fish pond. I have goldfish in there. It's got a little fountain. It makes me really happy to go sit back there, especially in the summer. 
I sit out there and dictate into my iPad for hours. I write books on it, all the stuff, and it all goes through Siri dictation. And it's kind of crazy that sometimes it doesn't give me what I want. And it's kind of crazy that I have to hit the little button every 30 seconds and kind of reset my mind. It's not nearly as convenient as on the Mac, but there's something about the fact that I just put the thing in my pocket and I show up somewhere and I start talking to it and stuff happens. I just love it. Um, another tip I would give you is, is some of the kind of on the ground stuff. I always, uh, I dictate a lot of emails using Siri dictation on my iPad. And there's a couple things I've learned. Number one is unless the person has a name that's very common, don't dictate the greeting, just type it, you know? I you remember Kurosh or um oh yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, him and I write each other quite often. Siri cannot get his name right, even though he's even in he's my in address. Your yeah, it, it just it just doesn't get it. I always type his name, and then I hit you know comma return. Then I start dictating email. The other trick is in your email signatures in iOS. Um, just put your name in as your email signature. It's like on my Mac, on the, the work account, it's different. I have the whole, you know, work signature nonsense, but for my Mac Sparky and my personal account, my signature is just David. And the reason for that is for some reason Siri, and maybe it's just the way I dictate, maybe I get in a hurry towards the end. It always seems to have trouble with the carriage return between my, is it the salutation you put at the end or the beginning, Katie? It's the, the end, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm old. I forget. I I knew that in fourth grade, I but I don't the remember. Salutations that. at the beginning. Yeah, so the salute, the salutation at the beginning. Well, whatever. Someone's going to tell me. But at the end, you say "kind regards, comma," and then it already has David below it. Uh, salutation is a noun or gesture at the beginning. What is the thing you do at the end? Um, I don't. Man, know. we we stink. We stink. Okay, so but you 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 just dictate that part. You let the name just show up automatically. That's it. That's another great kind of email trick. Um, if you're not using Siri with dictation, I recommend you try it. I think part of the reason why I'm such a fan and a lot of people aren't is because, like you, I've been dictating for my whole professional career, so I have a pretty good idea of it. So, and I'm going to talk more about some tips about just general dictation tips that apply anywhere. But a good one to take out of the segment is. Dictate whole sentences and think about them before you start speaking. Yeah, the you've got, dictating is different, and you talked. We talked about this a little bit in the dictation show, and I dictating is different than just sitting down and talking to your friends. And you really have to be in the right frame of mind to dictate. The biggest tip you gave is to fully form your sentences, but I find that you know I need to I need to sit up and I need to focus my attention on. Dictating. Dictating is not something that I do while I'm multitasking or, or doing something else. I actually pace while I dictate. I don't know if you do that. But Yeah, you shouldn't like dictate while you're putting your face paint on. I Yes, I, I have tried that before and it does not work well for me to dictate yeah. while I'm putting my face paint on because I'm just not concentrating. But was it was it you who said you kind of need to be like Walter Con- Cronkite? When you're that's yeah, in my mind, that's what it is. And then somebody wrote me to say, who's Walter Cronkite? And I oh. felt sad. Yeah, but um, you need to sit up, you need to enunciate, and you need to form complete sentences and go. Yeah, and you don't have to go crazy, but if you just you don't slur your words together and think about what you're going to say, you're giving you know the computer so much better chance to pull this off. And it is faster. It's absolutely faster. My daughter can fly on one of those iPhone screens, but I can dictate faster than she can type. We've, we've raced. You know, people would say that we should probably do the same when we record this podcast. Wouldn't you think? (laughs) 
I listened to the show I did with Brett and I said, I think I said, you know, like 7,000 times on that show. Anyway, um, well, you know, let's talk about another way you can do dictation on iOS. And this is something I actually called out on Twitter. I didn't get many responses from people, but there are services out there that will transcribe your recording from your iPhone. And I think this is another great option. I know a lot of doctors and lawyers do this. I personally have never used one of these services, but just kind of researching it for the show, I saw that there's a service called rev.com, R-E-V, and another one called Overnight Scribe. And they have an app you record into it. And then it uploads the recording to a human with a typewriter and they transcribe Not the recording. Not an actual typewriter. No, actually, it's one of those um, 1902 uh, machines. It has a nice little ding at the end. It's a selector. And then, yeah, exactly. And then at the end, they hand it to monkeys that <laughs> put oh it in goodness. computers. Uh, so they range in price. Rev.com from their website looks like they charge a dollar a minute, which sounds kind of crazy but if you do this you know that that's really not that bad and like one of the things rev does is talk fast unlimited. people or they do a number of people like if you have a meeting and you want to transcribe it it's very difficult to transcribe multiple people talking and they do it for like a buck a minute so that doesn't sound totally out of out of um, whack but if you want to get really good transcription or if you're under challenging circumstances, there are apps out there that can do this stuff for you as well. Now, Dragon Dictate had a, I think it was actually called Scribe, right? Uh, either a companion app that would do this too? Oh, I have i have stuff to say about that, Katie. Okay. You want me to start on that? Well, or you want it's, it's later in the outline, isn't it? I'll wait. Yeah, it is. I'll wait. I'm actually quite excited about that part of this discussion. Okay. Oh, well, I won't steal your thunder. Okay. Um, let's move over to the Mac. Um, before we do, I want to talk, though, about our sponsor, Drobo, and in particular, their product, the Drobo 5D. We've talked in the past about the Drobo 5N, which attaches to your network, and it gives you this network-attached storage. Drobo 5D attaches directly to your Mac, and as a result, it's just wicked fast. They've got a Thunderbolt port attached to it, which makes it feel almost like it's internal storage to you. It's also got a USB 3.0, so you can plug into things that don't have Thunderbolt. And in addition to that, it's got that MSATA solid state drive on board. So that means you can put the MSATA SSD in there and it's going to have this onboard SSD cache. A good example of where I'd use this is if I had a big aperture library and I had it on my Drobo. You know how Aperture or some of these photo management applications often have little thumbnails of all the images? Well, it's got to go find those and load those on every time you load your library. With this MSATA SSD storage on the Drobo 5D, it's going to put all that stuff on the cache on the SSD and it's going to be immediately available. Your drive isn't going to have to go chasing around all the disks and moving the drive heads to find that information. And it means you're going to load big files a lot quicker. So that kind of leads to why you'd want the Drobo 5D. It's really fantastic if you are dealing with a lot of media. If you do video or if you do photography, this is the drive that allows you to get lickety split access to all of your data, even if you've got a small drive on your Mac. And since everybody has these SSDs now, this is a real problem. So you get the Drobo 5D, you attach it to your Mac with a Thunderbolt, and then you're going to have a great place to put all of your big, heavy media files. In fact, that's what I do when I do these screencasts. I put them on this external drive. 
Not only is the Drobo 5D fast, it also has all the Drobo features that we've come to love. It's easy to use. It's expandable. You don't have to put matched drives in it. You can use any drives that you've got. In fact, I just put a two um, terabyte drive into one of my Drobos because I'm growing out of the data. I didn't have to replace all of the drives. I just put one two terabyte drive and I've got enough. And when I start to grow out of that, I'll get another one. And maybe by then they'll have four terabyte drives. Who knows? But the thing just keeps getting bigger and bigger for me. And I love that. It's flexible. It's protected. It makes copies of all the data you put on there. It's just a really great solution. So if you want to have fast Drobo access to your data, you get the 5D, you plug it in with Thunderbolt or a USB 3.0, and you're ready to go. Again, I think I would recommend this for photographers, video people. If you've got a lot of home video and you want to get better at managing that, this is a good way to do it too. Uh, it's also really good for your local time machine. It's much faster because of the quick access times. It's actually faster than a standard drive for that purpose. Uh, the write speeds are between 240 and 260 megabytes per second. The read speeds are 300 megabytes per second. This thing is really fast. It's a great device. They just dropped the price. So go check it out. And thanks, Drobo, for sponsoring the podcast. All right. Dictation on the Mac. We did a whole show on Dictation on the Mac, so you cannot go an hour and a half on this particular topic. I actually could. Is that why you put it at the end of the outline? That's why I put it at the end of the outline, because I knew it would be late and we'd be tired, and I'd be saying, David, you got to stick it. 20 minutes or less. Stick it. Wow. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. All right. Um, Okay, so there's another show on it, but it's an old show. Uh, A little history. Okay. Um, It used to be horrible. Yeah. For the longest time... The, the one of the biggest weaknesses of the Mac was the inability to have good dictation software. Uh, Dragon Dictate on the PC just crushed anything that existed on the on the Mac. And there was an app called Mac Speech Dictate for several years that was trying, but they never had the right engine. I mean, a big part of of dictation is being able, you know, the engine that listens to your voice and turns it into words. So, uh, boy, I've lost track of time, Katie. It's probably six or seven years ago. I don't know. I was at Macworld when they I would, announced. I, I think I was at Macworld with you. I want to say maybe 2009. Okay, so it wasn't that long ago. Maybe then. 2008. Maybe 2008 or seven. Gosh, how long so, have we been doing this show? It was, um, it was before we started the show. I think about 20 years now. So okay. anyway, it was a while ago. Let's say, let's say 2008. All right, Max Speech Dictate announces, hey, guess what? We licensed the Dragon engine. You know, we went to Nuance and we licensed the engine, and hallelujah. I knew that we were in good hands at that point for dictation on the Mac, and immediately Dragon Dictate got, you know, five times better. And so dictation became a real thing on the Mac, and I didn't have to, you know, talk about how PCs are better at something. Uh, so that happened for a year or two. And then nuance took notice of the fact that Mac users liked having a good dictation product and they bought Mac speech dictates. So um, maybe that was a moved all uh, planned all the way around, but you know, Mac speech dictate got purchased by nuance and now nuance is making dragon dictate for the Mac. Um, I think it's still behind the PC a little bit. I mean, the PC version is more mature and some of the correction and editing tools are a little better on the PC. But every year that gap gets narrower as the nuanced people spend more time with the with the Mac version of Dragon Dictate. So the good news is now we have this really great dictation tool on the Mac. And at the same time, Apple has been kind of dipping their toe in this. And it started with mountain lion where they added the Siri style dictation and the way it worked was you press the function key twice on your Mac 
and you could start talking to your Mac and it would, when you finished, it would go up to the cloud, transcribe that, and then give you the words. It's, it was the exact same problem I was complaining about with um, Siri earlier is that you don't know if it's working or not until after you're all done. Right? Yep. Okay, so now we've got two competing services. Um, we've got the Mountain Line Dictation and Dragon Dictate. And Dragon Dictate was the clear winner in my mind. And But it was also kind of you know difficult. You've got to load up an application. You've got to have your library in. Because Dragon Dictate does a lot of things. It, it'll, it, you have to give it a tutorial. It has to learn your voice. It learns the way you speak. And it builds a speech file around you. Whereas with the dictation in Mountain Lion, you just double tapped and started talking. There was no training at all. Then we got Mavericks. And we talked about this just recently on our Mavericks show. And Mavericks now has a way to download a file locally onto your Mac. It's a 785 megabyte file. And it does dictation more like Dragon. As I speak, the words show up on the screen. Hallelujah. So, so why can't they do this on iOS? You know, I I would give up 785 megabytes of storage on my iPhone to have that feature. I would not everybody. I would. would in a heartbeat. Yeah, so not everybody would. I don't. Maybe it's a processor thing. Maybe it's a license thing with Nuance. I don't know. Maybe they're still figuring it out. I suspect. Well, I sure hope iOS 8 gives us that feature. Yeah. That's something I would I would very much like. Um, but anyway, I, we're off iOS. Remember, you're only giving me a few minutes on this, so I have to. I know. I have I'm to work trying here. to bring you back around. Um. So. So now in Mavericks, you do it. And the way you do it is in the, what's it called? Speech and dictation. Let me just open it up real quick. It's under system preferences. And it's called. Use you know, enhanced I, dictation. It's called dictation and speech. Oh. It's on the second to the last bar. And it, there's a button there that says use enhanced dictation. And as soon as you tap that, it's going to download a 785 megabyte file. Uh, once you do that, though, you get that kind of dictation. And I wanted to talk about how that works. So when you're in any place that you can put text in your Mac, by default, tapping the function key twice, and you can make it a different default if you want, but or a different key combination, but that works fine for me. Uh, it starts listening, and the words start showing up on the screen as you speak them. It does a pretty good job. I mean, for something that's free with the operating system, I think there's a lot to like about this. Have you tried it? I use it all the time. Okay. What context do you use it in? I use it when I'm, I use it for dictating emails. I use it just kind of when I'm tired and need a break. I still have some, um, I don't know what you would call it, some RSI issues with my wrist. And a lot of times by the time I get to it, and I'll just, I'll just kind of need to want a break. So I'll stand up and I'll stretch and I'll double tap the option key and, I'll start dictating is because it's so easy when I've got, not that you really need an external mic now, but I've got my Rode podcaster set up here at the desk and then just go. Yeah. Uh, okay. Your last point about the external mic, that's something that's new. And, and that wasn't true a very short time ago that it used to be, you always had to have a headset mic on or something like a Rode podcaster to do dictation because you needed such a high quality audio file that talking to the built-in microphone in your Mac was completely nuts. The, the dictation would never come out good because there was just too much noise in it. Um, I, I have a, a year old retina MacBook pro and I can dictate in this thing fine with no microphone. It actually has a second microphone, a noise canceling microphone in this Retina MacBook Pro. I don't know if your if your uh, MacBook Air has that I or not. I don't think it does. No, 
But boy, with this new Retina MacBook Pro, dictation is really pretty good without a microphone on. So I do that all the time. And the thing I like about Maverick's dictation is it works anywhere. And as you know, you could make the argument that Dragon does too, but there's an overhead involved with Dragon that doesn't exist with Mavericks. I mean, you don't have to think about loading up an application, getting the correct user profile, any of that stuff. You can be on a web form and just not feel like typing and hit the function key twice and start talking and it shows up. Uh, So there's a lot to like about this. Um, There's a couple things not to like about it too. It's a, it's what I call scatterbrain transcription method Um, with dragon it does a better job of figuring out what the words are as they go on the screen. It's a little bit slower because it's putting context to them. And the example I always use is ice cream versus ice cream. Mm-hmm. Or you could use Max Barkley versus Max Sparky if you're Katie Floyd. That's my favorite one. Um, but the the computer hears wor- sets of words that sound nearly identical and the way humans pronounce them sound identical. The only way it knows is to look at the surrounding words. It doesn't understand context at all. It just understands that usually the word ice cream following the word chocolate is spelled I-C-E space C-R-E-A-M. And it's usually the word chocolate usually does not come before the word I space S-C-R-E-A-M. So it's just going to be looking at all that, those words around it to, to construct the sentence. And with the Mavericks dictation, it does that on the screen for you. You can see the computer torturing itself through this as it tries to figure out how everything fits together. And, and dragon dictate keeps that behind the curtain a little bit. It still puts words up as you're speaking, but not as quickly. And you don't see the seven different iterations of each word. And it's almost distracting to me with Mavericks, the way it does that. So that's, that's one thing I have against Mavericks dictation. Um, it's not as accurate as dragon. And I have some specifics on that in a minute. Um, and the, here's a strange one. I did an article for Macworld and on the subject. And one of the commenters wrote in and said he was a doctor. And he said, when he used to dictate into mountain lion with the dictation where it goes off into the internet and comes back, it got medical terminology, right? Whereas when he dictates in the Mavericks with that big download file, it gets it wrong. So apparently medical terminology is available in the cloud transcription but not in the local one That's and i weird. suspect yeah. i suspect there's other areas where that you run into that problem so it's not perfect but there's a lot to like about it and it's free and if you if you've been curious about transcription and you're not going to go drop 200 bucks on dragon this is a great place to get started it may be all you need so that's that's the maverick dictation uh, am i out of time or can i keep talking no you can keep talking i guess okay i mean if you get really bored, just go listen to John Denver, right? I will. Maybe I am right now. Maybe you are. Then, then the other option is Dragon Dictate. And in Dragon Dictate, I've been mentioning throughout the show, that's the paid service. It's the $200 app you buy from Nuance. Um, usually when you buy it in a box, it comes with a headset microphone, but it's just a USB microphone. You can get one at Target for 15 bucks. It'll be just as good. And it's, you know, it's a real deal dictation software. It it goes through a training process and it only takes about 15 minutes. It used to take hours to train these things, um, but it'll take your vocabulary. Like I'll take a um, field guide text and I'll stick it into the dragon system and it'll capture all the words in there. So things like sane box, when I dictate them, it gets it right. You know, 
um, Maverick's dictation is not going to get specialized words because it just doesn't have them in its vocabulary and there's no way for me to add them. So that's, you know, Dragon Dictate is a more professional solution, for lack of a better word. Um, and it shows. I mean, you got to pay for it, but you're going to get some really nice results from it. So I got really curious about the differences between Dragon and Mavericks and, you know, where do they they fit? And so I ran some tests. Um, Macworld asked me to write an article on it. And I had some articles I would read and I'd, I'd, I'd measure the words they got wrong at the end. And it was kind of interesting. I'll put a link to the article in the show notes, but my test in my test using my voice and my dictation. So, you know, I guess your results vary. Dragon got 96.6% of the words, right? Which is pretty remarkable. You know, it's less than 4% error rate. Uh, Mavericks got 89.6%, right? You know, this surprised me when I was reading your article. First off the error rate those sound like good error rates. I mean, if you think, oh, well, that's a high A or that's a B plus, regardless of, of which service you're going with. But if you're talking about getting four out of 100 words wrong, I mean, you could be 100 words in a two-minute dictation, depending on, you know, certain things. That's a, that's a lot of things to go back and correct. And in fact, John Syracuse talks about um, how when he's doing his Mavericks review, he's doing this wacky combination of of dictating, but yet still with his hands on the keyboard, correcting the dictation as he goes. Yeah, that's yeah. you're not supposed to do that, but it works. I I do the same thing sometimes. But Mavericks error rate was even it was kind even of more higher. Alarming. Yeah. So you're so getting you, you. I guess you just have to wonder. And for you, it definitely sounds like the answer is yes. Are you saving that much time if you have to go back and do so much more editing? Well, if you're going to do 10,000 words with Mavericks, you're going to be fixing 1,100 words. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of work. Um, uh, and, and that really lends to me where Mavericks excels and where it doesn't excel. Mavericks dictation is really great for short bits of text in an email or in a web form or somewhere. And, and I find that it works just fine for those types of things where I wouldn't even really think about firing up Dragon. But for the heavy lifting dictation stuff I do, um, Dragon is the winner. And I, I still want, if you'll let me, I still want to talk about um, kind of my workflows for dictation and, and using these tools. But I wanted to kind of get the tools out on the table first. Yes, and don't forget uh, you have to talk about Scribe. Well, that's my next on my list here. Okay. And Scribe, is, Scribe doesn't exist anymore is the first thing. Scribe Seriously? was a separate... Yeah. Scribe was a separate product that Max Speech Dictate had that would transcribe a recorder for you. The reason it doesn't exist anymore is because Dragon put that feature inside Dragon Dictate okay. or Nuance put it in. So it's, right. you get it for free when you buy Dragon. And I use it every day. Um, the, uh, so in addition to me walking around talking to my phone, I also have a little Sony recorder I bought, I don't know, two or three years ago. And, I will get the name and number into the show notes because I forgot to, um, I don't have it with me right now. It's in my car, but the, uh, uh, it's a, just a little digital recorder. I paid a hundred bucks for it at Staples. And what I was looking for was something that had a built-in USB jack. And this one, it's got a little lever you press up and I can plug it into a Mac and I don't need to keep a cord or worry about that at all. It, um, it charges its batteries off the USB port and I've been using it two or three years now and I've never run more batteries down more than like two thirds because it, it holds a long battery. It's just a little thing that records your voice. 
and it puts the file um, out in a format that Dragon will read. And so all I need is something that can record stuff like that. And I carry that thing around with me all the time. So when I take my walks and I'm talking, I don't do that to Siri. I'll do that when I'm sitting on a park bench going through emails. But when I'm walking, I'll be working on the next field guide or I'll be writing an, a letter for my day job or I'll be um, making a list of my favorite John Denver songs to send to Katie. Mm-hmm. And I do all that on the little Sony recorder. So I just carry my pocket and I walk around. And because I've got the habits over the years of dictation, I'm pretty good at it. So I can dictate into this thing. And I use the, the method I use is I dictate whatever I'm dictating, you know, the words out. And then when I get to the end of whatever I'm doing, I won't usually open another file. I'll just say dash dash new paragraph. So, you know, I end up, end up my letter to Katie, you know, new paragraph dash dash new paragraph. And then I'll start dictating a post for Max Barkey okay. or Max Barkley. And so I'll go through and do all this dictation on this recorder. So at the end of the day, I'll have like a 10 or 15 minute recording on this thing. And I plug it into my Mac, download the file, just like copying it off an external thumb drive. You, you put the file onto your Mac, you load up Dragon Dictate, and there's a little button that says transcribe. And you press that, you point it at that file, and it transcribes the whole file for you. And then I've got this big text file with like 4,000 words in it. And it's got a carriage returns and dashes between each major, you know, component of whatever I'm working on. And I've got this big block of text and it's going to need me to read through it and correct it. But like you, I have some medical things with typing a lot and I just got 4,000 words into my thing without touching a keyboard. Well, I want to hear more about your workflow and I've got some questions, but before we go there, I want to talk about our last sponsor for this episode. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I want to talk about HostGator. And HostGator.com is the premier web hosting provider. So if you're looking to start a website, HostGator can help you with one of their monthly hosting plans. They've got one-click installs and tons of other features that will get you up and running easily. So if you want to do WordPress, boom, one-click install, and it's there. If you're a more advanced user or a business, HostGator can take care of you with reseller plans. They've got VPS, they've got dedicated servers, they've got everything you need, and they guarantee 99.9% uptime no matter what your size or what your needs. And like we said, if you're a WordPress user, and I know there are a lot of you out there because we've done lots of shows on WordPress before, one-click installs, optimized hosting platform, boom. Everything you need is there to host your WordPress blog over on HostGator. And when you host with HostGator, you get unlimited disk space and bandwidth. They have free site builder tools that are super easy to use. But if you find yourself needing some help, they have 24-7 support to ensure that everything is running smoothly. So if that sounds like something you may want to check out or if you're just fed up with your other host for whatever reason, I know that I've been there. Head over to HostGator.com and learn more. And if you decide to purchase, don't forget to use the coupon code POWER12 and get 30% off. 30% off everything at HostGator.com. That's a pretty good deal. So our thanks to HostGator for their continued support of Mac Power users, and be sure you check them out. That's a lot of percents. It's a lot of percents. Okay, the recorder is, and I, I love Sony, Sony product names. <laughs> the recorder is Sony ICDUX523BLK. I think BLK is because it's black instead of silver. Yeah, I know, but it just rolls off the tongue. ICDUX523BLK. Go get yourself one of those. It's 84 bucks on Amazon. Um, 
the the one downside with this recorder is it's it's push to record and pause. So um the you know the recorder I learned to do this in when I was a baby lawyer what has a slider on it you push it up and it records and you pull it down it stops recording so you always are certain you're recording because it's pushed all the way up uh, once in a while with this thing I'll be walking around and my because I pause all the time when I record these things and I think this is just another thing from years of experience is you know how I said I don't dictate until I have a sentence formed in my mind so I push the button I dictate a sentence and I push it again to pause it. I form the next sentence, I push it again, and I dictate it. Sometimes I get really clever, and I can do two or three sentences at once, but generally that's about as far as it goes before I pause it again. Sometimes I dic- I pause in the middle of the sentence because I'm a flake and I can't remember where I was going. Uh, with this, because it's the same button, once in a while I, I get that process flipped. And oh, so I do that sometimes. And- I end up dictating to the pause and I'll get like five minutes into it and realize that I have not recorded anything but a bunch of little spaces of me thinking about what I'm going to say. Yeah, and you've got all this dead air recorded and all your brilliant thoughts are gone. Yeah, if I had the one with the slider, that would be better. But, you know, I either way. The, the Sony recorder is fine, and I'm sure they probably have one with the slider there too. But make sure that you get one that can save out to, and I do, and I believe it's MP3 is the format I use uh, with Dragon Dictate. But Dragon Dictate will only accept certain file formats. So make sure you get the right format um, for it. Uh, now, do you ever dictate to a person? Are you set up to do that in your office? A person besides uh, you? We have people available to us, and I have. I, I probably should, but I don't. I'm just wondering I, logistically how you would set that up. Well, there there are um, recorders. I have. Uh, <laughs> I do have an Olympus recorder that's tied to my office network, and occasionally I have a paralegal help me out when I get into a jam. Generally, maybe because I'm a control freak, I'm a I'm in a small firm, so I have a lot of control over how things go. I like the ability to dictate it and see it immediately, whereas when I have to send it off to a person, I'm going to have to wait a day or two to get it back. And my firm doesn't have the kind of budget that allows me to have somebody that's just sitting there waiting for me to give them something to dictate. So... Yeah. Yeah, but that's been the piece that I've struggled with is we have people in our firm who are also and and I won't stay on this too long cuz I know it's a very specialized area, but we have you know, there are people who are set up to take dictation. The problem is, is I've just yet to find a Mac friendly solution to that. Yeah. Well, the way it works for me because the Olympus software on my PC that gets barely used has has given up the ghost i just literally drag it because my my mac connects to my office network so i just i know on the network where the data goes so i just i have a little automator script that that yanks the file and puts it into where it needs to be okay okay so but this transcription thing don't give up on this it's something that if you want to get into this stuff and you buy a copy of dragon it is a very useful feature and there's like when i go to Macworld, i bring that little recorder with me in the in the hotel room i'll sit there and just dictate and there's something about stretching your legs out on a comfy chair not having a mac in your lap and just dictating and that's part of my workflow of all this stuff is what i call you know marathon dictation sessions and I do the same thing in my office. I have a um, wireless Plantronics headphone that it's a Bluetooth headphone that plugs into my Mac and I've got enough room in my office. I can walk around a little bit and I'll, I'll use an iPad and I'll go through my OmniFocus for the day. And every day there's a bunch of stuff in my OmniFocus that really takes a few minutes to handle. 
And there's a bunch of emails I have that only take a few minutes to handle. And I am, um, I'm getting just into stuff people really aren't interested in, but I, my, my morning block, when I wake, I wake up very early and the morning block is for working on a big, a big rock project, something that takes a lot of time and focus. But by about 10 o'clock, I'm done working on whatever that is. And I need a little break and I go through OmniFocus and I go through my email and I, I knock out like seven or eight emails and, you know, five or six items off my OmniFocus list with that little dictation that I do just going through drag and dictate on my Mac using that wireless headphone, just walking around my office or standing at my standing desk and looking out the window. And when I'm done, I've got this text file with all this stuff in it. Then I go back and fix it and process it and send it off into the world. And that feels really productive to me. I mean, the time it takes to do that is not that long. And I've got so good at it over the years that, you know, using keyboard shortcuts and whatnot, once I get on the Mac, if the text is already there for me, I can process and send that stuff off lickety split. And how long does it take? Uh, I know when you're dictating, it's pretty much instantaneous. But how long does that scribe piece take? Um, scribe, um, see the piece I just explained to you is not through transcription. Transcription is what I do when I'm out of the office, but right, right, right. But and, just and, to get and if, what you do when you're in the office is pretty much instantaneous. You're sitting there, you're dictating the words are showing up on the screen. Yeah. So uh, it's not, it's not long for a five minute dictation. It's going to take about probably two or three minutes to transcribe it. Okay. So maybe 50 to 60% of the time. Yeah. I haven't really tested it. I don't know. But, you know, it can happen in the background. I mean, I turn it on and then I go over to OmniFocus and fiddle for a while and I go back and it's it's transcribed. Very cool. Uh, it, it's really useful. I mean, you should try it, Katie. I, I really like that. I really like that. I may need to pick up Dragon Dictate again. And I should have gotten it last week. It was on sale 50% off. And, and just a little recorder in your pocket. I keep it in my car. And um, when I go, like, I, I need to get out of the office sometimes or even like after a court appearance. Um, there's a nice bench at the court. I'll sit there and just dictate all my thoughts about what happened and what the judge said and, you know, additional work I think we should do. And I'll just do it with a little recorder. And then I put it in, it transcribes it just fine. But you have to say, use the same rules as if you're dictating to your iPad or your computer, you have to think through your sentences and speak clearly and not stutter and do all the things that I do on every episode of Mac power users. Right. You'd think I'd be better at this broadcasting stuff. It's hard. Audio's hard. Um, so here's some other tips, um, quick tips for a veteran dictator. Um, number one, complete sentences. Number two, complete sentences. Number three, you know, complete sentences. Uh, number four is what I call the Rudyard Kipling rule. Um, when I'm dictating, a lot of times I'll be using names uh, for the day job of people involved in litigation who my computer doesn't know their names or has trouble with them. So I. I name everybody after jungle animals and um, you know, there's tigers and lions and baboons and monkeys and hippos and all, you know, incredibly embarrassing, you know, animal affiliations with parties to lawsuits. Now, do uh, you, you have to be careful not to cross your animals. Cause well, no, but in Mr. my Hippo mind has to stay Mr. Hippo throughout the whole litigation. Sadly, every case, <laughs> um, it, I, I identify people with Richard Kipling characters, every day. So <laughs> in my oh, mind, I, I always have it straight. And, um, but then the important part is once you've got the dictation done, it's perfectly good text, but in the middle of it, it'll have, you know, tiger instead of a name. So at the end, you know, search and replace, you can fix that very quickly, but never, never forget that. 
I mean, nothing would be more embarrassing than getting a letter to Mr. Monkey. <laughs> but the um, but I've never made that mistake, and uh, I seem to be able to manage that. And I, I like it because it allows me to dictate faster and not have to think about whether or not it got the name right. Because, like, you know, John Syracuse was saying, I I don't know, was it on our show or where was he talking about? But he just goes through and he actually watches it as it happens and makes corrections. I don't. I like to blast through and get a big chunk of text in and then go back and work on it. And this this trick lets me do that. Uh, some other things is um, uh, if you go back and listen to Mac Power Users episode uh, 82, it, it's a show called Cooking Ideas. It might be one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. I, I was really proud of the way that show came out. And it was something that was a big workflow for me that I still use every day. And and that's another place where I use this dictation, where you come up with an idea. If you're going to write a long letter uh, to solve the problem of what's in the next sentence, because I, I've already been preaching that you need to kind of speak in complete sentences, um, using a mind mapper or an outliner or a napkin or whatever makes you happy to plan something out for a big writing project, even just a complicated letter, spend time on the outline and planning it. And that time is so well invested because it allows you to think about it. And then when you start dictating, you know what you're going to say because you've already thought it through. And it makes a better product at the end of the day. I mean, there's a whole show on this. All I can say is if you haven't listened to that show, please go listen to it. Um, I don't know. What other dictation tricks do you want, Katie? Uh, I think I, I'm out of time. I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble. I think finding and replacing the baboon is probably the best trick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got an hour and a half on dictation now. And Siri. Yeah. Well, it's. It's come far since we did it last, and it's something that I think I would really like to hear uh, listeners are trying, because it can up your game. It's easier in your fingers. It's not going to replace typing. You're still going to need to do it, but it can be a nice enhancement to your workflow. All right. We we had feedback, but we're kind we of out of time. We just need to do a feedback show. I think we do. There's one bit of feedback, though, that is mandatory. Okay. Um, I got an email and the title was correction. Oh, I mean, it was pretty serious. BJ wrote it in and you know, he's absolutely right. Um, so we talked about a very serious subject of Wile E. Coyote and the super genius. Did you read this email? I did. It was David Chartier's episode 159. And I had an experience with a business card named after a Wile E. Coyote joke. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and he corrected me that Wiley Coyote did not give his card to the Roadrunner, but instead he gave it to Bugs Bunny. And that there were a few episodes where the Coyote actually spoke, and this was one of them. And I have the vivid memory. As soon as I read the email, I said, how can I be so foolish? He's absolutely right. This was an episode uh, with the business card. Uh, Operation Colin Rabbit. I don't know if I can get this on YouTube. I'm going to try and get it into the show notes because I don't want to let you down again. I sincerely apologize. Did you ever watch two questions? Did, number one, did you ever watch the clip where Wiley Coyote caught Roadrunner? I have. I I don't want oh. to crush that dream. But it's pretty funny what happened. Is it? Yeah, right, I have to look it's it up. Fine. Your beloved, was, your beloved Roadrunner will be okay. I am. Um, I was at an event with my daughter. And she started talking about opera, at which point I immediately launched into Elmer Fudd singing Kill the Wabbit. 
<laughs> at the top of my lungs. And I found out that you can embarrass a 12-year-old. Yes. It's not that hard. Yes, you can. Um, and also, there's a, a YouTube clip going around where Jar Jar Binks dies. That's in the show notes now. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, you saw that. I haven't seen it, but it's I'm I it's going to go in the show. I, notes. I need to know what the deal is with that. Did that really happen? Did it get cut? Is it fake? I don't know. It looks pretty real to me. We have a lot of feedback, Katie, and um, I and want instead to go I'm over talking it. about did Jar Jar die, and then they just left him in anyway. No, I just I think we need to get we need to get to the feedback. So maybe we'll do a, a feedback show in January. Okay. I think we can do a feedback and, show. And we have a couple big topics in there that are interesting. So if you've got a big topic that's interesting but not worthy of a full show, let us know. And we're, we'll put that into that outline. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Let's thank our sponsors, Drobo, Sanebox, Omni Group, and HostGator for their kind support this episode. All right. And if you want to get a hold of us, how would you do that? Well, you can find links to everything that we talked about in this episode on our website at MacPowerUsers.com or at 5x5.tv slash MPU slash 166 for this episode. Yeah, you can also send us email to feedback at MacPowerUsers. And on Twitter, Katie is at Katie Floyd. I'm at Max Sparky, and we are at MacPowerUsers. That's M-A-X-B-A-R-K-Y. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I deserve this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you all next time.